ourselves by. So I will be talking about my journey with all of that, living in a larger body most of my life, and how I got to where I am now, which is loving myself, happy with myself. Um, and I didn't really fully embody this, I don't think, until the last four years or so. But it was really in my 20s when I got to the point where I went, okay, you people can have all of your judgments, but I'm still going to go live my life, wear what I want, do what I want, and do my best to not be part of your stupid game. So this song that you're about to hear, um, I just slapped it down. I, it's kind of funny. I'm going to have to go back and learn my own song so that I can go record it again better uh, with some backup vocals and whatnot. But this is a rough cut of a song called Inside Out, which I wrote around 2000, maybe 2002. Uh, and it's all about how I was feeling in the moment. Um, and how I felt pretty much my whole life um, being such an intuitive uh, aware child and teen and then young adult it was so confusing to me how people perceived each other how they judged each other um what their standards were for what they considered a beautiful or an ugly person because for me it was always their internal being that I was either attracted or repelled by so at any rate here's the song and then I'll be back in a jiffy to uh start blabbing about my life um and body image and self-esteem that hopefully will help some of you who are struggling with this make a change in your life and learn to accept and love yourself because 
the only way you're going to attract someone who loves you wholly is if you love yourself wholly. And I'm meaning the word W-H-O-L-E-Y. Is that how that would be spelled? Oh my gosh. Uh, Versus H-O-L-Y. But really, isn't it the same thing? Your skin soft and fair Don't ask me if your body is beautiful Do I think you're all that? Are you perfect and flat? Don't ask me if I think you're handsome Not a hair out of place Such a beautiful face Don't ask me if you're a seducer Do your piercing eyes stare With a come-hither glare It just doesn't matter Why can't you see that it causes me pain That it runs through your brain I see you I judge you all inside out If I could change one thing in the world today I would make you all see clear perceptions like me We're so much more than what's on the outside All the treasures inside With the truth like The vehicle you wear means nothing to me What I hate or love is the driver I see The driver I see The driver I see Learn to see through the flesh of their bodies In ugly places you'll find Such beautiful minds We're so much more than what's on the outside All the beauty's inside Where the truth likes to hide It just doesn't matter Why can't you see That it causes me pain That it runs through your brain I see you all inside out I judge you all inside out I love you all inside out 
There are so many synchronicities happening at this moment in timeline <laughs> that uh, it's, it's just like, that's the way things work now. And so part of what led me to do this episode was uh, listening to my wonderful peers and those just awakening, um, talking about self-esteem and body image and still struggling in spite of being more enlightened and aware that there is a consciousness, uh, that is bigger and greater and more than the reality that we see and these bodies that we're in, these vessels, these vehicles, we're just the driver. And that doesn't mean we're not fully embodied and having a human experience. And for anyone who's new here, uh, just to let you know, everything I say <clears throat> is not me claiming to know all the answers or the secrets of the universe or have some magical uh, system or program that you can pay me lots and lots of money for um, to get some sort of result. I'm not a guru. Uh, everything I say is just my personal experience that I am sharing. And in that way, I know that it helps who it needs to and reaches those that it's important for. So I'm watching all of these people who are just amazing, magical beings. They are embodying and anchoring light into this new age and going through their beautiful awakening journeys. That's all of you out there. Those who listen, those are who I communicate with and yet you are still, some of you, not everyone, but you are still allowing yourselves to be a slave to what is considered beauty norms uh, or standards, you know, which goes along with gender norms and all of the ways in which we put each other in categories or boxes and then at the same time so they're feeling bad about themselves because of whatever they think is wrong with them because society has told them there's something wrong with them and they only do that to sell you something you realize that right they're just selling you things they're selling you workout tapes and diet pills and herbal supplements and cleanses and uh, wellness programs and um, all of these things focus completely almost <laughs> on the external and on 
things that are unrealistic. Um, there is a lot more variety of human vessels out there. And they are all containing beautiful consciousness. So then these same people who are struggling with self-esteem and body image and all of that and struggling to break free from beauty norms and get to a state of self-acceptance and self-love and being happy with who you are. The interesting phenomenon is, is that when you get to a place where you do that, your body just tends to shift to where you truly are comfortable with yourself, whether that's uh, a smaller size or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's like you are more likely <laughs> to get what you want by loving what you have now, you know? I mean, think of yourself like a plant. If you are not giving that plant nourishment, and studies have proven now that plants, you know, respond to music and voices and energy, and so do you. And if you were just, you know, telling that plant every day, oh God, you would be so much, your leaves, what is wrong with your leaves? And look at this, look at this brown spot over here. Man, you're never going to be a big, beautiful plant. All the other plants are going to laugh at you. You, you get the analogy, right? You picking apart your body, um, all the things that, someone has told you are wrong or bad or not beautiful and then uh, you sometimes are also seeking partnership romance love unconditional love even but you're doing it with these apps where you treat people like a fast food menu and you're making this laundry list of physical attributes, uh, material things like job or location or age. And you, by doing that, all you're doing is projecting your own insecurities out there. And you are limiting the number of people that you are opening your heart to. And you are uh, going to attract people who just reinforce your insecurities. And then you're both just going to be, you know, it's not a healthy partnership. Think about it. If you aren't loving yourself completely, you're going to attract someone who also doesn't love you completely. And then you'll just spend, you know, whatever wasted time you have, uh, toxically trying to change each other and mold you into what you think you want from the other person because you are focusing on the external. So, how did I overcome diet culture? There are a couple of episodes on my other podcast, uh, Call Me Karen. There's one wonderful episode with uh, Dana Gabrielle Espinosa, 
she wrote a just strike. It hit me right in the feels. I mean, it's a gut punch because it's so raw and true and honest. But she wrote this poem about living in a larger body from, you know, birth to adulthood and what that has been like. And, um, I mean, it was deep, man. Uh, she'll be a guest on the podcast of Grooving Goddess soon. She also has her own podcast, Ishtar's Return. But we did an episode called Let's Talk About Fat. And we talked about, you know, body consciousness and body positivity and all of those sorts of things. Um, so in that, I go into a little bit my own story with disordered eating. There are a lot of misconceptions about what, what disordered eating is or why people may have a larger body. Um, and also, I will put a trigger warning on this, but for anybody out there who is, um, you know, struggling with eating disorders of any kind or um, you are trying to practice intuitive eating, I, you know, I will be discussing a little bit about sizes and numbers and uh, disordered behavior to illustrate how far I've come. So just trigger warning about all of that. So I was just always kind of chubby. I remember as a little kid, um, I... I think it was around the age where like it was after I went through a period of severe trauma and abuse. And, um, I think for me, it was like, uh, a protection almost. And it, it wasn't that I, you know, was eating too much or like all of the, um, stereotypes. It was almost like, my body just morphed into what it needed to be. And then from a metaphysical standpoint, it was honestly like I needed to be grounded, like physically grounded, have density, more density, more mass to contain the aware consciousness that I had and to be able to carry that and not forget or go to sleep as we call it in the spiritual community, um, as a, a consciousness, I needed that density to stay aware because I was anchoring a lot of light and energy in a world that was definitely not anywhere near that vibrational frequency. Cause we're talking the seventies. Um, we had just come out of the period with Twiggy and all that. And now everybody was obsessed with fitness and, Things like uh, Jane Fonda workouts and uh, Olivia Newton-John in spandex singing Let's Get Physical. And, uh, you know, it, it became an obsession and boom, diet culture was born. And then they could make all kinds of money on making people feel bad about themselves. So I'm this little girl, right? And, uh... About age 10, I had a best friend who is still my best friend to this day. And um, she and I had both been told by our doctors that we were 
overweight, that we were fat, that we had to go, our mothers had to put us on diets and that, you know, this was necessary because it was going to ruin our life if we were 10 pounds overweight. <clears throat> so, uh, that set off my friend to a 20 year battle with, um, bulimia. Uh, she was in a smaller body, but you know, she went through periods where she was very unhealthy and really abusing herself. And it took her years in spite of, um, actually kind of being the beauty norm, honestly, because she's like a petite, blonde, blue-eyed, um, little beauty. Uh, she still, you know, she struggled just like anybody else. And that's one of the things we need to remember is that everyone, nearly everyone, no matter what they look like, seems to struggle with this body image bullshit that doesn't matter. I was listening to a recent story about Paulina Poroskova. You may not remember who she is if you're younger, but she was like one of the original supermodels, one of the first in the 80s and, you know, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, yada, yada. Well, she's 55 now and she just has good genes for that particular thing. Her body has retained, but oh my goodness, she has some cellulite. So she's getting like radio frequency treatment to smooth that out and being transparent with the public about it, which is nice. But the fact that she can't live with herself at all because there's a little cellulite on her body is just the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, so it just puts it into perspective how pervasive and deep this runs in our culture. So my 10-year-old buddy and I, uh, we get a hold of this book, which is about um, be women's beauty, right? And it's not designed for children at all, but this freaking book had all the height, weight standards and calories and uh, exercises and all these different um, ugh, gender stereotype reinforcing, uh, you know, beauty and health tips for women, um, like starving. <laughs> so we started eating a thousand calories a day as children. And so my friend got the bulimia and borderline, you know, anorexia at times. And then I got uh, what I would call uh, overexia, which is something they haven't really found a name for. But it's something that not that many people realize is that dieting can actually make you fat. <laughs> dieting can make you gain weight because it screws up your metabolism. So I starved myself heavier for a good 20 years also. It's kind of funny because my best friend and I always tend to run in tandem. And she uh, recovered from this around the same time I did. So I took a break there to check the recording because uh, equipment and blah, blah. So I would just starve myself. And, but the interesting thing was at the same time, 
I knew that I was beautiful just the way I was. Like I, I knew it in my heart, but I still was trying, you know, as a teenager and a 20 something was still trying to meet these standards for a long time. So I would go on different diets and starve myself and I would exercise like a fiend and I have immune disorders that I deal with. So what I found out um, later on was that all of those bouts of extreme exercise, really vigorous exercise, not more uh, chill things like Pilates and yoga, um, all of that was stimulating my immune system to attack me, all the aerobics and the, um, you know, cardio stuff, uh, the high intensity workouts, etc. I didn't find that out until I was about 30. And it was like, well, mother effer, because I, you know, have been just making myself sick, literally by trying to be healthy and meet these standards. So at any rate, somehow at the same time from about age 17, I would say I got to this place and you know what it was is I was told I was dying. I had lupus. I got really, 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 really sick, like lost a bunch of hair. I had the white cell count of a dead person. It was bad. Um, so at the time the prognosis wasn't very good and they were like, well, you maybe have five years to live. So that really gave me a YOLO <laughs> experience where I'm like, well, if I'm dying, I'm not gonna, uh, care about what society's stupid rules are for me as a person in the larger body. And I just started doing everything I wanted to do, going to clubs and dancing, wearing what I wanted to wear, going to the beach, wearing swimsuits, all the things. I refused to be pushed out of uh, society because I was in a larger body. And there were times like in my early 20s, and late teens where I would go to clubs and like I was the only large person there because that's how it was back then in the 80s still and you know well up into the 2000s and I'm sure it still happens now sometimes but it's definitely gotten better but you know it was like what is she doing there and there would be snickers and you know laughing and picking on me or whatever but you know what I was having a good time and I didn't let it bother me and I knew that it was important for me to go do that, whether I lived or not <laughs> a long time, because it was going to make a difference, uh, give other people permission to just live their fucking life in a larger body and accept themselves and be happy. So uh, then in my 20s, I started fronting a rock band and um, again, this was not done. Oh no. Okay. Hey, Galactic Groovers. I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooming Goddess. 
You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com. And to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333. And that is a 30-minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand. Then I have a grief mediumship, another 30-minute reading, and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that. My um, specialty seems to be in that area, getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have syncretic oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, you can also do that at the Square booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back, so I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening. I left in that little oh no with a hint of suspense just for fun. This is actually the next day right now. That uh oh was um, my oldest son was trying to get a hold of me and he needed his mom. And uh, I am not happy that he's having a hard time with something. But I was thrilled that he reached out to me at his tender age of 18, but also newly independent. Um, I've been quite worried that he would have difficulty maintaining his wonderful, loving character, being around his very dysfunctional father a lot more than is healthy. But at any rate... I am back to continue on with this. So I was talking about how I started printing a rock band. And when I did that, initially, I just wanted to sing. I would not talk on the mic. I was like, I was like the shyest front person you've ever seen. But that wore off pretty quickly. And then once I got my confidence there, um, you know, I, I was... Um, unusual for the time and something very new, especially in the 90s with heroin chic. But um, people loved me. 
They loved to hear me sing, and most women felt empowered and inspired um, to have better self-esteem because I was up there in cat suits and mini skirts and uh, lots of sexy clothes or whatever I felt like wearing because um, that was my rock star moment in my life and I was going to enjoy it, damn it. I'll try to find some pictures maybe and put that with the post on Instagram for my band days. And, you know, at the time I was still in that, that endless, ridiculous Don Quixotean pursuit of some standard. And I look back at pictures of myself then I'm like, Oh my God, look at my legs. Why I didn't, why did I, ugh. So, gosh, if you're younger, like, don't waste another minute of your time obsessing over your body because you will always, I promise you, you will always look back at pictures of yourself as you go through your life and say, why was I so hard on myself? So I did a lot of these things. Oh, and before I go forward, I think I had the timeline a little bit wrong. Like my, my best friend and I, we, we did get out of the disordered eating around 30, but there was still more struggle. And I didn't really, um, learn about the vigorous exercise thing until I was 40. Um, but you know, shortly after 30, I would have my first child and that did a number on my body. And so I kind of wound up having to, um, live a long period of time as a chronically ill person. So, uh, vigorous exercise was out of reach, uh, to say the least. But at one point when I was 40, I, um, you know, health kick, trained for a half marathon, did half marathon. And then my body was like, bitch, please, <laughs> what the hell are you doing? And so through that experience, I actually came across a doctor from Australia. Her name is Karen Wolf. She's really fantastic. Um, she's a, uh, what do they call it? Uh, integrative medicine that anyway, um, you know, she takes holistic medicine into account with Western medicine. And she told me that my best exercises were not going to be running or any of those things. It was going to be, uh, swimming, yoga, um, you know, Tai Chi, Qigong, things that were, uh, strengthening, stretching, toning, um, core strength, all that kind of thing, and not high intensity workouts. And boy, was that a game changer, figuring that out. So then in my forties, um, my early forties, I studied at Institute for Integrative Nutrition. They are a holistic health coaching program, studied with them for two years studied every dietary theory, tried some of them on myself, elimination diets, which is basically where you eliminate everything except, um, 
you know, air and sunshine <laughs> to try to figure out what you're maybe allergic to or what you're eating that isn't setting well with your body. And that is actually a, you know, a worthy pursuit if you're having difficulties and like if you're having bowel trouble and you don't know why or uh, something going on. But um, in my case, I went so overboard with the healthy and was drinking, you know, like 24 ounces of green juice every day and um it sped up my immune system and fired my immune system so hard that it attacked me worse than it ever has my entire life and I wound up on um weekly chemo for immune suppression for six years um so that journey kind of showed me how I needed to be listening to my body more and listening to society and the wellness industry less. I fully believe in holistic health coaching and it is a wonderful thing, but unfortunately what I found was the industry was not ready yet for weight neutral health coaching <laughs> it didn't even exist the emphasis was still on diet 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 uh rock hard abs buns of steel all the bullshit um so i wound up not practicing i would have been a great health coach but i refused to do it under that structure in the wellness community plus I literally made myself sick by being healthy. Go figure. Uh, the biggest thing I got out of that program was that we are all bio-individual and we really have to learn what is best for ourselves through trial and error, like a science experiment almost, or like a garden that you're tending and you go, hmm, this fertilizer didn't work that great. Let me try this other thing. So fast forward to now... And, um, after my divorce, I went through the usual periods of, uh, you know, insecurity and self-doubt and then like, ugh, trying to date again. And, um, as a result of that, plus the pandemic and being home and housebound and not really being able to exercise a lot. I was finding myself kind of slipping into um, a little bit of that disordered eating, like just not wanting to eat. And I'm an emotional starver. The trigger for me to starve myself and not eat all day has always been um, stress or, or sadness or grief, those kinds of things. Um, so right about the time that I was feeling like I was struggling a little bit with some of those old behaviors, a podcaster that I've been listening to for a really long time, her name is Emily Lubin, and she has this great comedy podcast. She's a very funny comic. You can find her on at Lubination, but she started a podcast called RIP Diets, and her mission is to bury diet culture. 
And she started her podcast with the first 10 episodes being about the principles of intuitive eating. And I had basically been doing that before I felt like I was getting off track during the pandemic, but I hadn't really gone into it so in depth and it was so valuable. I, I had a whole new relationship with food, to be honest. And, um, it taught me to ultimately listen to myself and it opened my eyes more and more to what's really going on in the world. <clears throat> and came about at a time when I was, you know, watching the wellness industry take advantage of people, especially with COVID. Um, so I can't recommend her podcast highly enough. And there is also a really cool Facebook group and there's an Instagram account for RIP diets. So if you want some inspiration and information, definitely go check that out. But basically, you don't demonize foods, you don't count calories, you don't restrict anything, you eat what you want to eat. And even if initially that means that you're kind of like grazing the dessert buffet because you've been denying yourself your whole life, uh, that will balance out. And eventually, you just start eating um, a balanced diet. And you learn, oh, well, I eat this food and I don't feel so good, but I eat this food and I feel good. And it all works out. And and you you exercise because it feels good, not because you're trying to sculpt some sort of, uh, I don't know, fitness competition, fitness model body. And it has been a lifesaver. <laughs> So all of these things and all of these awarenesses have really helped me break free from that whole hamster wheel and the lies that the industry pushes on people because they want your money. They want your money for the latest apps. They want your money for their quote unquote diet foods. Uh, they want your money for their, um, boot camps and there and it's if you enjoy those things that's okay there's nothing wrong with any of these things I'm not saying that but if you are finding that you feel bad about yourself all the time then these things are not helping you <laughs> they are really not helping you um so around age 30 was when even though I was still kind of struggling some with the emotional starving I developed a new relationship with my body and just really came to accept and love myself and be grateful to this body for fighting so hard to keep me alive and to outperform all expectations <laughs> of the 1980s medical community. Because <laughs> um, here I am, almost 52. I have outlived my expiration date by 27 years. Or more, actually, I guess. Yeah, 30 years. I've outlived my expiration date by 30 years. Because they thought I'd be dead by 22. And once I started doing that, I just got better and better. And I felt better and better 
better and better about myself. And, you know, for, from a metaphysical standpoint, I came into harmony with myself and I started unconditionally loving myself. And as I do that, it literally changes my body also. I mean, other people have seen the change. Another part of that as well was um, being able to get off of that chemo. A few years ago, it'll be three years this September, I had this major surgery. That's the other episode of Call Me Karen. It's called Tale of Two Tumors. Um, if you want to hear the whole story, but in short, we went in thinking I had a little golf ball sized lipoma near my navel that was causing me nerve pain. And, uh, the, you know, the surgeon was like, Oh, we'll just make a tiny little incision. Just pop that right out of there. You'll be back to action in two weeks. I woke up from surgery and I had a Franken belly, um, even though I didn't have a flat tummy ever in my life, I had a non-scarred stomach other than stretch marks, and it was quite jarring. Um, I had to get used to my body all over again. They took out what was the size of a zucchini, and it took 16 weeks to recover. Uh, that allowed me to get off the chemo, which that medication, no matter what you do, it's like, it just, it gives you a moon face. And then also having to lay down causes your lymph system not to be able to move fluid through your body. So that's part of the reason why you seem to gain weight and you're puffier. It's actually water that you're retaining because of your lymph system not functioning uh, properly. That was quite an experience, and um, what what we realized afterwards, my doctors and me, was that these two large tumors, which uh, no doctors wanted to examine and just kept telling me to lose weight, were the thing that was firing my immune system um, and caused my need for the immune suppression in the first damn place. So if the medical community hadn't been fat phobic and unwilling to examine my uh, larger belly properly and not just assume that it was just fat, they would have felt the hard, rock hard zucchini <laughs> that I was telling them. Because I was telling people about this pain in my navel from about age 20 something. It would be like this sharp stabbing pain. But anyway, you can go listen to that whole story. So having come through all of these things, it has given me the confidence and the conviction to know that I know what's best for my body. I know it makes me feel good. And along with all that and all those practical 3D earth matters, there's the higher consciousness the higher vibrational frequency and the multidimensionality that has gotten me to a place where I define my relationship with foods. I talk to my food. I tell it I love it. Um, if I'm eating, you know, fried food or dessert or whatever, I'm like, oh, you're so wonderful. And this is going to taste good. And my body is going to be happy. And it works. <laughs> 
that works. I don't know if it'll work for everybody, but it works for me. And um, I feel that for whatever reason, I am the way I'm meant to be. And I am not going to waste another minute of my very precious life, which I wasn't even supposed to have for this long, worrying about torturing myself to be something I will never be anyway. <laughs> There's like, and this may so oh, you know, somebody will say, but well, you're, you're programming yourself not to do it. Okay, can we just accept that not everybody's bodies work the same way and not everyone is meant to be a size two or a size six? Not everybody is going to have a flat stomach. Not everybody is going to have a body with no trace of cellulite. Not everybody is going to not have stretch marks. All of these things are dependent on genetic factors and DNA that you have literally no control over. I mean, if you want to take extreme measures and all that, yeah, you can do that. But the thing that I have seen is it's very rare unless someone has like a disfigurement or um, say you've lost a tremendous amount of weight and you have extra skin or whatnot. It is very rare that someone goes down the road of body modification and plastic surgery and quote-unquote treatment for cellulite. I love that they call it treatment, like cellulite is some kind of disease. <laughs> but at any rate, um, very few people come out of that and go, now I'm happy. And the reason for that is that you create your joy and your happiness and it comes from within you. No external validation is ever going to bring you happiness. At least not long-term happiness. You might get the dopamine hit briefly and think, oh, I'm the shit today because someone said I have a nice ass or whatever, but that's false happiness. That's false joy. That's false um, confidence. I hope you can all love yourselves after listening to this diatribe and I hope that you can consider yourselves the beautiful beings that you are just the way you are. I'm looking at my notes to see if there's anything I forgot. Oh, here's a fun one. Uh, yeah, my husband. So there were times when I was sick um, that you know, I gained weight because that's what these diseases do. Sometimes I just gain weight or lose it for literally no reason. I can put on or lose 30 pounds in a month for no reason. Other than my immune system is just having a field day. So when I was really uh, sick after my kids were born and I had neuropathy and I was, I was having difficulties. Anyway, we went on our first family vacation in a long time on a houseboat to Moab in Lake Powell in Utah. And I was pretty heavy at that point. The heaviest I'd been probably 
um, during our marriage. And it was the most miserable weekend of my life because it was difficult for me to do things. Every other woman on the damn boat was like a size six and, you know, had some freakishly perfect after children body. And I watched my husband be embarrassed by me. That is one of the horrible uh, side effects of being psychic is that you know what people are thinking, even if they don't tell you. And I just knew that he was wishing, you know, he had one of these other women and uh, he made it pretty clear that I was, you know, not enough. And the entire weekend was like that. It was a horrible experience. And I avoided going anywhere with him um, that involved having to be in a swimsuit or do some kind of physical activity that I wasn't going to be good at or that was difficult for me in my broken body, which was broken after having his children. So, um, those are just some of the kind of things that I personally have overcome and had to heal from and what it has been like for me to navigate the world in a larger body. And I promise you learning to not give a fuck and rejecting all that dieting and, uh, over exercising bullshit and doing things because you enjoy them and love them and not because you are trying to meet some expectation outside of yourself is freedom. That's freedom. And now my cat wants freedom and he's going to start meowing. So I love you all. And that's our muse musings for today. Reach out to me in all the places. If you need some personal attention, make an appointment. Um, if anybody wants to come on and talk about body imagery issues on the podcast, uh, hit me up about that. Anyone can book a podcast interview with me and I will talk to you. Uh, so I love you all and go out there and wear what you want. Do what you want. Dance. Love yourselves. Eat the goddamn cookie and just have a good freaking life. All right. Do it for me. Do it for yourself. Ooh, oh. My mama told me when I was young We were all born superstars She rolled my hair, put my lipstick on In the glass of her boudoir Nothing wrong with loving who you are She said, cause he made you perfect, babe So hold your head up, girl, and you go far Listen to me when I say I'm beautiful in my way Cause God makes no mistakes I'm on the right track, baby I was born this way Don't love yourself and regret Just love yourself and yourself I'm on the right track, baby I was born Oh,
drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Don't be, don't be, don't be. Give yourself prudence and love your friends. Subway kid rejoices true. In the religion of the insecure, I must be myself, respect by you. A different lover is not in sin, believe capital H-I-M. Hey, 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 I love my life, I love this record, and me, I'm more able to play, I'm gonna find my way, cause God makes no mistakes, I'm on the right track, baby, I was born this way, so love yourself and regret, just love yourself and you said, Don't be a drag, just be a queen. Whether you're broke or evergreen, you're black, white, beige, chola, descent, you're Lebanese, you're Orient. Whether life's disabilities left you outcast, bullied, or teased, rejoice and love yourself today, cause baby, you were born this way. No matter gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgender life, 